we're back episode 27 after a nearly a month hiatus wow was it a month well i think we checked out on october 19th so holy weeks later yeah yeah a lot has changed so q you want to give what's the life updates how's how's it been going the last couple weeks i showed up and i'm alive right all right. <laughs> still doing it. <laughs> I'm still kicking here just despite my best efforts, but you've got some fun little tales from across the pond to share with us. Oh yeah. 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 Most of them, I don't know if we can share live, but <laughs> some of them, it was a pretty good time uh, over there in Tokyo. Probably the just... coolest place I've ever been, to be honest. I mean, I've been, I've traveled a lot, like quite a bit, but the culture in Tokyo and Japan is just you're in a dream. It's like very everything you didn't know you need. It's like the height of consumer capitalism. It's just such a good oh, service. More than America? Oh, dude, way better. Way better. Because better, every like better how though? Like better, better from the quality perspective? Or so like, better for the consumer. The clothes are softer. Like the service it wherever you go, you're gonna get very good service. You're gonna be treated very kindly. You're going to, they never say no. They'll never tell you no. They'll just say, it's very difficult, but they'll never tell you no about anything, which is very funny. But some of my favorite things, but I digress. They might tell you no about weed or they might look at you funny, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I could go on about it, man. It was, it's super fun. Best food in the world. So that's probably my number one highlight. Best eating. Did you only eat ramen, raw fish and Wagyu? Was there anything that I did not cover in those dishes that you ate? Um, udon. That's <laughs> pretty ramen-like. I had some good I was desserts. Say, okay, fine. Any noodly dish? Yeah. Oh, definitely had a lot of noodly dishes, a lot of rice, a lot of eel, and a lot of beef. A lot of really good beef. And a lot of, dude, Wagyu kebabs slathered in eel delicious wait like eel sauce yeah like eel ground up into almost like a paste and then it's cooked on top of it it was so good interesting interesting why do you think i would care about kebabs what's that oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just something made the connection i guess all right my last question about just japan did you do the rent a girlfriend for the day Yes. Yeah. Rented several girlfriends for every day. It was fantastic. Um, (laughs) No, so that you're talking about the hostesses, right? I don't know. I've seen the video every now and then when it circulates of the rent a girlfriend. I think it's like you like legitimately go on a date though. It's okay. I got the TLDR on this one. We can't do it because we don't speak Japanese. So this is like a game that wealthy Japanese people play where they're the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got, trust me. So there's these bars, they're called like hostess bars. It's like very obvious which ones they are. We can't go in. If I try to go in, they're like, no, or they'll, you know, they'll say Japanese only, you know, Westerners, Racist. or they'll ask if you speak Japanese and it becomes really obvious that you don't, you can't go in. And that's because they're, it's not that they're like, it's not so much racism. It's more like they don't want to lose face by giving you bad service and causing like a dishonorable interaction because they don't understand you and you don't right, understand like they them. can't they couldn't fulfill the request and then as exactly. a result it reflects poorly on them the business and this girl a hundred percent yeah so <clears throat> so the hostess thing i think it works like yeah it's like almost like renting an escort or something but the the whole game is they do just go to this bar have drinks talk it's kind of like the modern day geisha and that these girls are like really well versed in conversation like they're really good conversationalists so obviously Mm -hmm. you know you're having a great conversation you're having a great time that evening talking hanging out and you can tell like we'll be at bars and they'll show up at like later at night like they'll start coming through trying to talk to you there's those and then there's like regular like prostitution there but the weird thing is like after a certain point in the night it becomes like illegal for the hostesses to engage in like it's this weird gray area so like after 1 a.m or something we'll be out like at a club or something and what will happen is all the dudes that had like really good 
connection or conversation with the host is maybe a lot of money. This is the part that like Wiz was explaining to me. It's kind of like a game. Like then they'll bring their girls to the club where now it's a completely different role. And now it's like all bets are off. You can actually like they're paying for basically an escort at that point. So the role switches. But to get to that point, I guess you have to be like, I don't know, really good conversationalist or have a lot of money or something. I'm not really sure. So it's like you're paying for the escort, but she can still reject you. And oh, like yeah. That, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sex crazy. is not part of the deal. Sex is not part of the no, deal. No, no, I know that's, sex isn't yeah. part of the deal, but then yeah. there's a layer to it where it can be if you're just like not a schlub, it, it sounds like. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Again, I don't know, because you can't even get in the door of these places. You know, white guy <laughs> with tattoos wearing sandals. They're like, no. <laughs> Have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. You remember the scene where, what's his name? The Peter Dinklage is like his helper, his aid person, like has never had sex. So he sends him off to go to the brothel and he comes oh, yeah, back yeah. with all the money. And he's the like, what do you mean? What do you mean you had sex and they didn't take money from you? They just wanted to have sex with you? It's like to a degree, because it sounds like these women, I don't know, we're, we're getting too in the weeds of like Japanese. No, they're making it. Yeah, yeah. So how can we orange trail the Japanese? Okay. The reason I wanted to go down this rabbit hole was I'm honestly and genuinely surprised that I'm seeing one of you or Tino today because, as I kind of mentioned, like we've all seen that video circulate of the Japanese go to Japan and you can have a date with a Japanese girl. But there's a recent video that's trying to circulate. I haven't seen that video actually. Yeah. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Next time I'm no. going to find it and send it to you. But there's a new video that was circulating last week. And I was thinking about the two of you every time it came up on my timeline. And it is a small little shop in Japan where girls, Japanese women, will go in to have a boyfriend experience, but specifically with a white man. And you open the door and there are just like these white men and Japanese women show up to go on dates. But they, of course, speak fluent Japanese. These white men do. But the only way you can work at this place is you got to look like you and not me i went to so we went to this kind of like burlesque club performance thing and it was crazy because everyone there it's like idol culture so all these japanese dudes will come just to see their favorite performer who's Mm. been dancing her whole life to be part of this i don't know crazy club striptease experience show it's all choreographed very they're really into their strippers it's not just like a stripper dude it's it's a burlesque show yeah but it's like someone who's like super talented at dancing you know what i mean it's like a group of girls who have been dancing together for years this honestly what you described sounds like the old european burlesque shows like the joke that you made before we started the show japan just took everything in europe and made it 10 times better yeah yeah yeah, something like that (laughs) i don't know but that's the interesting part there's Oh, why am I getting sold out on this? No, come back. Because I'm going to open some windows. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's Their culture is very well preserved. So it's just, I don't know, for a Westerner, for the first time, it's like, it's overwhelming. It's crazy. It's super just peaceful. And I don't know, man, you just have a nice experience. The people are very helpful. They'll leave their posts to walk. If you're lost and you ask them for directions, they'll just take you where you need to go. Like... They're just also nice and obedient and oppressed. It's an interesting culture. So you keep saying oppressed, and I'm like, but are yeah, they? Man. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They really are. Like, They're what really. The, what were the grievances from Japanese people or people living in? What Japan? do you mean? Like, you can't. You are speaking from the perspective. You of can't do what you're doing right now. Whatever you're rolling down there, you can't do that. <laughs> fucking commies yeah yeah <laughs> sure but okay in iran you also can't drink and like people drink i'm willing to bet there are plenty of people who are smoking weed in japan maybe i didn't see any but <clears throat> yeah well and it's just like surveillance state so you've got like the biggest city in the world like literally you know like how new york you're like you can walk all day it never really ends but it kind of does Tokyo's really every oh, direction. Like we're high I'm, up in skyscrapers. So it's just dude, what the fuck? 
I was it thinking never about ends. this. I was watching a movie over the weekend, and it was it made the comment about how like New York's the city that never sleeps. I'm like, bull fucking shit, dude. I as a tourist who's gone to New York a handful of times, like there've been nights I'm wandering the streets at one a.m. and I'm like, the city's dead. So no, the city goes to sleep. Shut your fucking mouth, anyone who thinks otherwise. We're after the ten minutes. All right, hard takes from Q. I can swear now. (laughs) Nice. You're Um, you're sparking a lot of things that were like fresh on top of mind from the random. Oh yeah, you have a lot of buildup of resentments to air on the show today. (laughs) Oh, I mean, if we're going down that path, I just need a monologue for the next like forty-five minutes because. Yeah, I th- I think the move is that we take the crew and, and, and we go to Japan like next year again or something, because I really want to be there with no work or responsibilities and just travel and enjoy it, man. I, told you, I literally had a dream last night that I just woke up and was like, fuck it, I'm going to Japan. And then on my return flight, just didn't show up. Just stayed. It's the move. By the way, most comfortable flights ever. What airline? Get on get JAL. You know, you'll get like a several course traditional Japanese meal. There's no one on my plane. I just laid on the floor for like wait, wait, wait. 13 hours. Time out, time out. <laughs> you had a whole row to yourself. Are you eating more than that? That's gold. I mean, there was really like, there was like a third. Did you fly straight from, left. Um, I, did you fly straight from the state? No, I came out of LAX. Okay. That's even more surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's not a, it's not a cheap flight, but worth it. Traditional Japanese food. Did you literally have sushi on an airplane? And was it like airplane quality sushi? Dude. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 The, okay. So we finally did, we like went out one night, you know, all my friends are getting trashed on side. The funniest thing about being like the sober person is just, I have no, like, I know exactly what happened. Like, the next day, they're all trying to put together, like, where did we get this? Food? You know, what was this, this? I'm like, no, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> so we finally went out and got, like, gas station grade sushi, because that's what people tell you to do. In it's Japan? Fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's what? Really good. All the food's really good. It's way better than anything you could pick up, you know, at the weird, I don't know, at a bodega here or something. Right, but I'm not picking up the a food. Su- to be honest with you, I... I've reached a point with sushi where it's less I'm in LA, you're not going to convince me to eat sushi anymore. I've had so many, too much bad yeah, but raw fish experience the outside of Japan and LA. There's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Tokyo food experience. Okay, the, the most fun I had eating sushi, like we tried a bunch of different traditional restaurants, like one where they come in kimonos and sit you, you know, you're sitting on the floor and they serve you like, it literally like a 20 course meal of tiny bites of raw fruit fish. It was fantastic. But the most fun one was the original sushi bars. So there's a really good one down in Shibuya where you kind of wait in line and you stand as you eat. And that's how it used to be, you know, in the, I think like the early 1900s, you would just come up to this bar and sit there and you pick your fish and they chop it and they serve it to you. And it's kind of a hub, so they're just like talking to the people around them. But it's a little bit looser experience than that kind of Japanese sit-down restaurant, super formal vibe. But mm. and then the fish market, oh my god, dude! Me and MBK must have ate at like twenty different vendors in one morning at the fish market, seven a.m. <laughs> it was awesome. Just raw fish for breakfast. Oh yeah. We, I, I got a laundry list of questions because all we've done is talk about Japan. We haven't even <laughs> talked about Nostra Yeah, we could talk about Nostra too, man. I'm really happy about thanks to Tino, our producer here. It's all online. Or if oh. all of you turn up, they, they will be eventually. But we got a ton of, we really stepped up in production just quality. I'm on camera right now. <laughs> just took it from like out of backstage. Yeah, I thought like the production of the show was a lot better so we have good archival video of all the talks and it could actually be used as like a educational resource and people are watching them like they got thousands of views which surprised me i mean pretty exciting so yeah the event itself was super fun definitely a different vibe and like a stark departure from uh costa rica you know in the jungle of hippies like we're in this closed like very corporate setting having a lot of fun in there but three days of being inside was kind of was kind of hard not gonna lie so there's definitely some changes i'd make there 
but the problem is you can't find spaces in japan to host a lot of people especially in tokyo i mean maybe you can but not on the like short timeline we had to rent this place so the other thing to consider whenever you're going out somewhere is there's not really places that host more than like there are bars that only have two seats in them three seats in them everything is small so you can't go with a big group of people and expect to be seated anywhere i wonder what is the what's the property purchasing system there is it debt-based what we have here no idea i have no idea i know that there were several neighborhoods that were basically bought out by wealthy elites and then built up over 20-year periods to be like enclosed micro like it's a true 4d city like if you spent your whole time just walking around the streets you'd be missing a lot of what's going on like you got to go into these buildings and get lost they're a maze i mean do you just walk into like a building or is there like secure like certain buildings you have to have a key card i mean it's like, like a, a city but there's mm, the levels are a lot more but you couldn't you couldn't so, say that sentence that you said about go into these buildings explore them get lost you can't do that in new york you no but this is building you want to want to win that's what i mean the like real estate conglomerates are more developed so it's like a whole experience there will be like restaurants or like spa and then there's like shops and offices and co-working spaces all oh, in inside one in the building so it's not like a normal building yeah. or, or building that we're used to where it's like each individual shop is sort of like outside of the building no i mean we have these here too we have them in the u.s it's just not yeah, they're as called malls yeah yeah they're just not as developed but i don't know i went to one for example like i walked in this building and i went down like five flights of stairs and just stumbled into the biggest anime shop in tokyo it was just like a dungeon, just like filled with anime. <laughs> what? Just wall to wall. It was awesome. Yeah, huge bookstore. Um, did you bring me back any Pokemon stuff? I did, dude. I got some Pokemon cards. I went to play poker. We played poker with Wiz, some of the Primal guys, NVK. And the funny thing is, the, the it's like an all-woman franchise thing. So they all come and sit and play with you these japanese women and the proprietor of the business will come and play poker with you but that might have just been because was super well connected there but yeah, <laughs> but that sounds real unique yeah um, but at the end they can't gamble so you're playing with fake you know chips not for real money and the, the only way, I think there are some places where you can gamble, but what happens is they give you fake tokens and you have to cash them out. A guy will take you somewhere else to cash them out. <laughs> it's like right. super sketch. Right. Again, we have in America. Yeah. How, how many know, boxes of ZD do you want to, to play in tonight's poker game? Yeah. So I want some Pokemon cards there. Pretty happy. Unopened packs. Let's go. You know how like most conferences have... Not necessarily a theme because, you know, there are plenty of talks and discussions going on about everything, but there seems to be a general theme when you go to each conference. Mm -hmm. What would you say was like the theme of Nostrange? What was the most talked about thing? What was top of mind for most people? Probably sake. <laughs> <laughs> Killed a lot of sake, bro. I think people's just excitement to be in a new place. I mean, it was it was nice to have so many people that had been to Japan before and knew their way around because they could really give us some insights into how things were working or, you know, but it's hard to say, man, because I was just like running around with my head cut off the whole time, you know, like I don't... <laughs> when the actual conference is going, it's just a blur of fixing oh, like, the small worst. problems. Yeah, <laughs> don't try to. The biggest lie I ever told myself was that I was going to see people when I worked a conference. Exactly. Well, the problem is you don't want to see people. So I'm trying to get a microphone from like point A to point B, and there'll be like four people that want to stop to talk about something. <laughs> and it's not right now, but all for the best. I think one major thing that was missing from the conference were Carla and Walker. They need to have their kids so they can come back to MC the next Nostra event. 
because they were met. I ended up emceeing, so you know how that, that went. Oh, okay, <laughs> got it. No wonder we're only yeah. talking about Asia and not the actual panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, this is this is where you gotta call me, bro. And I know, I, man. That would have been the move. That would have been honestly, the move. Honestly, that would have been so much fun. Yeah. Keep in the loop for the next one. I will plan well in advance. Yeah, we're trying to figure out right now where we're gonna go. Let's I've go got skiing. a survey. Let's go skiing. Oof, I want to be outside, but not in the cold. No, let's go. Let's go see the northern lights. Canada. No. Norway. Eric Norway. Down. Oh God, bro. <laughs> I just want to see Scandinavia. I want to see the northern lights, bro. You can see them from the good old USA, son. Go to Wyoming. Go to Montana. No, I, yes, I've been there plenty of times. You can't see it from there. I think you can. I think on some I, clear nights you can. Bro, I drove six hours north into Canada and I still couldn't see them. You have to go deep north. We are not, we are nowhere near where we can see it. Yes. Yeah. It says if the conditions are just right, you can see them. Okay. So once every seven years. <laughs> the. Three weeks that I've spent up in that part of the country, unfortunately, did not qualify. I guess four weeks. But maybe Alaska. Boom, boom, Alaska. You can still see them from home, home turf. You just you leave America and you come back and you're like, give me more of that red, white, and blue. Oh, shoot me up with that. Give me that freedom. I need my shot up, dose of freedom right now, please. Give me my freedom booster. No, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, but yeah let's see should we hit on a story i guess i, I guess we should Hacked. actually get to the point <clears throat> well the problem is there's no bitcoin in japan so we can talk about on and on about japan but the fact is that nobody's using bitcoin there <laughs> yeah there's no well okay here here's a fun one another video that i saw over the weekend was talked about like how couldn't be a better time to go to japan because of the yen and i am curious if as you are very obviously a white American boy when you open your mouth. If any shopkeepers yeah, yeah. before then, there's it's a little uncertain. If <laughs> you go, yeah. like, tell you I can, talk, I could be. <laughs> dude, you you can be Russian any for any nationality. Knows. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Any white nationality. <laughs> Although probably the way you dress, it gives it away pretty quickly. But I digress. Were there Damn. any shopkeepers or any businesses that were like? dollars only please pay me in dollars you can't pay with dollars for anything there interesting because the yen is so weak right now that I'd, I'd actually be i almost was expecting some people to be like no, no, no i'll take dollars no they don't there's no rule breaking <laughs> they don't break rules they don't they you can't make underhanded deals for things and the yen, it's interesting because they actually didn't use credit cards until the pandemic i mean some places but they're pretty new to Japan, which is crazy because in some ways they're living in the future. They've had QR codes, been the norm since the 90s. But now, yeah, credit card usage and like taxis and stuff like that is pretty new to that culture. So, no, you got to get that conversion rate down, dude, because it's alarming. You get like a the million dollar uh, yen bill. <laughs> You're like, how much is this? That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts. A uh, million dollar yen, million yen bill. No, it's like uh, 660, $6.66 for 1,000 yen. So six, six, 150, six. 150 yen per dollar, something like that. Yep. So Tokyo is the devil's anus, it sounds like. No, man. It's a great place. 666. Six, six. That's the dollar side, though. Oh, so the dollar is the devil's anus. Sure. <laughs> All right, I'm getting too lost in the weeds here. Let, let's talk news. Okay. Well, over the weekend, fortunately, Pleb, who's taking the pilgrimage to El Salvador with his father, you know, they found out they got hacked, lost apparently 25 Bitcoin, which has got to be close to a million dollars <throat> that they'd been holding very irresponsibly 
have to say very retardedly on a computer <laughs> since 2012. Yeah, not good. This poor guy, I guess his father is like pretty older father. I mean, it's got to be 60s or 70s was keeping the Bitcoin on a computer secured by a passphrase. Like the seed phrase was on the computer secured by a self-hosted password manager with a 30-bit password, which is super weak. So <clears throat> yeah, everything that can go wrong did. And those, those Bitcoin got swept and he's been posting, you know, videos and some kind of threads explaining what they think happened. And now there's kind of this hunt of here's the TX IDs. Let's see where this Bitcoin went. I think some of it went to Binance. So people are kind of like calling on Binance and CZ to look into it. I don't exactly know what Binance could or would do from there, but it would be a pretty interesting opportunity for CZ to get some, get some love, yeah, put but, an end to that. Cause the guy could sign that. a transaction. The guy could sign a message from the wallet to prove that it was his Bitcoin that were stolen. It just, it opens up a can of worms that I don't think like it sucks for this dude. I hope he manages to get his stack back or if not the whole thing, at least part of it. That said though, I think the Pandora's box that gets open from, and you, I don't want to look at this from, oh, CZ and Binance unit from any exchange any centralized exchange being able to claw back Bitcoin and on well, they do it for the US government all the time. But that's the point I'm trying to get to is if we start to normalize this behavior, it becomes very easy for the government to just come in and say, claw back you Bitcoin. He shouldn't have sent it to that wallet. It needs to stay on the exchange. Like yeah, I agree. It, they're I'm not, not saying they could or should. I'm just no. I'm telling you, they should not. I am saying I am taking a. I'm taking a stand on it, and I think the the Pandora's box and precedent. But do you really that's, want? That's a risk for the exchange to let hackers send their funds there. You know, eventually, push comes to shove, some government's gonna come and request that they freeze those funds. Right. And Binance yeah. is in a weird situation where it just doesn't comply with U.S regulations in that way but right i think i don't know crazy idea here but maybe figuring out how we prevent that from happening rather than figuring out how to maximize ordinals is a better use of our time because again i understand that there are there are certain exchanges that comply with this but they're not as often used like you look at binance the largest exchange in the world then it's, I believe, Coinbase and then Kraken. Those are the top three. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kraken has already sort of waged a war against the government by saying, like, warning its customers, hey, this is what's being asked of us. Do this stuff so we don't have to fuck with you. And then you have Coinbase, which is essentially just like a, an extension of the US government. And then you have Binance that doesn't want to comply. Let the market. That far, Coinbase is. Uh button heads with the sec here we're getting off the beaten path the point is no, this no, guy, not to dunk on him but no he was being dumb he was being dumb i mean if you're holding bitcoin that way in 2023 if you're going to el salvador you should fucking know better but you should know better it, you should have a hardware wallet the bigger thing here is like not i don't want to have to deal with the consequences of this guy's mistake and I think what, it what, is, what consequence could could you do if with? you all of a sudden turn we have three of the largest exchanges in the world where like one is captured by regulators one I would say is like halfway captured and cracking and then Binance is not if all of a sudden you start opening the door and all of these exchanges in some way shape or form can essentially mess with you or claw back your Bitcoin or mess with your stack. They can already do that though. That's the, that is the threat the, of using a centralized plat like regulated platform. But the truth is right once now, you're, once you're you don't coins, have that threat with Binance. Yeah, you do. If your coins hit that exchange, those are no longer your coins. They can do whatever the fuck they want. 
I mean, they could break the law. It's, that's not what keeps them in check. That's FTX 101. It's if you send your coins to an exchange, you should expect them to get misappropriated. You should expect to get rugged. That's the issue. Fair. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. To me, this guy is just going to be kind of like a, a martyr, a good, like a bad. I don't know how many bad examples people need of what not to do and how not to custody their Bitcoin, but this is certainly ranks pretty highly among them. But the other hand is like, dude, there's certain people where it's maybe you should just have your coins on Coinbase. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You clearly don't get it. Like you can't follow the hardware wallet instructions. So yeah, I mean, I've long been in the camp that said, you know, we are the 20% who will self custody, who will understand um, why certain things are built into Bitcoin, why we do certain things, we'll be able to explain things like the Byzantine generals or the Byzantine, oh my God. Problem. Yes, yeah, thank you. I was like, why can't I think of this? It's a Monday morning, so bear with me, people. We are the 20% that will do these things, but for global mass adoption, it's frankly naive to think that everyone in the world is going to be able to, oh, I don't know, I'm going to self-custody. I'm going to remember my 12 or 24 seed phrase and I'm going to run my own node and I'm going to have my own lightning node and I'm going to keep my liquidity. No, it's an unrealistic expectation to have on humanity as a whole. The story that I say, if you've ever listened to me rant or ramble that I always go to is like, how many of you guys actually know what happens when you flip the light switch in your room or when you turn the engine on in your car, you actually know the process that's going on sort of under the hood, under the covers, or do you just kind of accept that, hey, when I flip this switch, the light's gonna turn on. And if it doesn't, there's a few things that might be wrong, but you don't know the actual nuance of the technology behind it. And that's not a bad thing. That's just, that's the natural development of humanity of technology. And we are at that point with Bitcoin. And I'm gonna just, I guess keep rambling because McShane decided that he didn't want to hang out with me anymore because I pissed him off, I guess. I was trying to, I was trying to up the quality of the stream, man. My, that's maybe I need a Starlink or something. <sighs> so I don't know, Q, has this made you rethink your setup, your security setup? I mean, my 872 different hardware wallets. Some of them just pure honeypot with three sats in them, others with hundreds of Bitcoin in them. One I actually have hidden in McShane's house. In case you guys were curious, McShane recently moved. He lives over in East Indiana. It's a small little town though. So be sure to go hunting. Far he, off. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a more of a Southern kind of guy though. So Southeast Indiana. South um, Indiana. I don't know what attracted you to that. Can you share with people like why Indiana first off and then why Southeast Indiana? Because you know, I, Northwest Indiana is where there's lake access. Like you went as far. I, with a little bit of Bitcoin in Indiana, I mean, I thought I could pretty quickly raise my own militia and maybe take over the state, you know? I mean, it's basically just, it's just a land grab. There's no one here to defend it. So, <laughs> but speaking of hardware wallets, dude, check it out. Oh, I saw this. Yes. Only problem is you can't spend with it because there's no customizable fees and the fee rate's too high. So very fun what's toy. The, very fun to fiddle with. Doesn't work. What's that? What's the I don't know. Rate? It doesn't tell you. <laughs> it doesn't what? So a lot of the Bitcoin, the cool thing about, there's some cool pros about the, the beta right now. <clears throat> a lot of the Bitcoin address handling is abstracted away. So if you pair this with your Coinbase or Cash App account and you want to top off Bitcoin, you just enter the amount and it just, you just authorize it, you know, a connection between those apps and, you know, hold this to your phone. And it's like NFC tap to phone to do anything. So if you want to change settings, on your wallet to confirm the change you just quickly use your fingerprint and tap it to the nfc the incredible thing is it's super fast like the fingerprint reader is really good a lot of people like complain about biomet this isn't like the hodlers like the you know six-year bitcoin veterans wallet this is a wallet for noobs and it's like a pretty fun and intuitive one so far but there are issues with it you know they need lightning 
They need customizable fee rates. Other than that, I haven't gotten to test too far, but I couldn't get my server running on this. You can run your own node from these, but it's basically a, you know, it's a multi-sig between um, Block and <clears throat> the hardware wallet and the app. But there's no, if I remember correctly, there's no private key management by you, the user. So in that way, you know, you're kind of ruggable, but for spending, it's more than just an open, you know, I don't know, Zeus or a, a wallet of Satoshi or something on your phone because it's fun. I don't know. It's fun to use. It's fun to sign transactions, go get your little device and sign real quick. It's a beautiful device and it, it works really well. But uh, yeah, without the fee rate, I can't test too deeply because I can't move any of the Bitcoin I sent to it. <laughs> I guess I could show you. It'd be easier if I like screen paired or something, but I can show you around the app a little bit. There's interest. Yeah, it's like pretty pared down right now. You can see I've got this Bitcoin on there that I want to send somewhere. I know it's not going to work, so I'm not going to do it. You got your device. Probably shouldn't dox that. You know, a little place to enter your own um, Electrum server, run your own node on this thing. Mm. And yeah, that's that's the review so far. But <clears throat> very fun take. I think it'll be good for onboarding new users. And it's nice to have just market competition in the hardware space in general. Like, it makes me so sad how many people, I, myself included, their first hardware wallet's like a ledger. Um, you know, just Same. total bullshit. Which, shit I, Hugh tried to slide it in there like he's not still using a ledger. He's like, yeah, same. <laughs> I got an email from Ledger over the weekend, and it like this is on the heels of I don't know. Ooh, I still get all these emails from all the, for example, Gemini. I get all these messages from Gemini. I haven't used Gemini. Did you use in, Gemini? Like years ago. That was actually the place I bought my first Bitcoin. Really. Yeah. Did you get some sick yield? No, that was for that ETH. <sighs> I did. But it, I digress. I like recently, because I don't know if you know this, Gemini had a weird hack recently. And they were like, there was a lot of phishing messages going out to yeah. current and former customers. Click this link, it's malicious, and then you get screwed over. So I was like aware that had happened with gemini and then i got an email from ledger i'm like why the heck is ledger emailing me i was like i haven't used this in years now and then i had to hit up our boy chris alamo and i was like you know the ends of everything is there a weird is there a fake ledger like phishing scam going on yeah right there now? was yeah, yeah. so yeah i, no, I saw that yeah you got to be careful look this is don't, why don't Dude. hit these links the, the advice honestly yeah. never hit the link Never. Yeah, but if dude, they... the problem is they can social engineer it to such a degree that there will be urgency in the message. You'll be like, Fuck, oh, no doubt. I got to click those... that link. <laughs> like... Dude, they have those things where it's, I mean, dude, I almost did it. And I was like, wait, I don't have any money on it anymore. What was what it? Dude, there's even, there's a problem with real life versions of this as well. People have tried to contact my, my family and convince them that there's, you know, some kind of emergency, they need to send funds, something's going on. I've had a lot of friends get scammed by like fake versions of me online. They'll end up sending Same. some random scammer their paycheck to invest on their behalf. You know, they don't know the regular, they don't know what the fuck's going on. They don't know anything about investing. They don't think these things through. Dude, so I, like I the, the, bad the stories hold on the best like remedy for this is not storing your bitcoin on internet connected devices <laughs> if you're entering your seed phrase into an internet uh connected device you fucked up a long time ago because and with this guy i mean i hate to dunk on him but it's, if you're gonna spend the money to get a plane ticket to go to el salvador why don't you spend like 150 dollars and like a weekend and learn how to use a fucking hardware wallet that's not connected to the internet. Get yourself a cold card. Get yourself even just like a tap signer. Get a SATS card. Get just something 
where you can hold funds offline and learn how to improve your custody. It's not a one and done solution. Like it's different for everyone. You know, we talk about it time again on the show, but this is why to prevent people from making assumptions and thinking that, ah, what was secure in 2012 will be secure today. It's no, like things evolve. You have to review and threat model your setup regularly every few weeks, every few months, it should be proportionate to how many funds you have on there and how bad you'd feel. And you can see in the video how much pain this guy's in, how bad you would feel if you lost those funds. Take 1% and put it towards security, you know, whatever you think works for you. But I don't know. <clears throat> That's end rant. We need a diversity of options out there and people should be trying and vetting them all with uh, small amounts of Bitcoin, figuring out a setup that works for them. Yeah, it what's is your stories? Oh, dude. So one one is short and simple. Where a buddy of mine, recent like, texted me out of the blue, not recently, like maybe a year and a half ago, and was like, "Dude, why won't you leave me alone on Instagram?" I was like, "Fuck, it's not me on Instagram." Like, what? <laughs> and I explained him like, I have some guy who keeps like biting my profile and then going and DMing like all the people who start to follow it thinking that's my instagram account and he's like, yeah, dude, he like talks he's got you down pat like he talks and texts exactly like you and then is just like hounding me for money and i literally was almost like dude here's 500 dollars. just leave me alone man i was like oh my god please don't send the money but then i had another and this broke my heart man so college roommate okay a friend of his from high school who came and visited us and stayed with us for a weekend. So I met this kid for three days, Friday night through Sunday. That's all I've ever known this kid, okay? Allegedly, my old roommate sends me a text. And he's dude, what the fuck? I was like, what, what did I do? Why are you helping my buddy out make money? Like, why wouldn't you offer to help me make some money? Oh no. And I literally in all caps go, no. The no, funniest no, 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 thing no, no, you could no. do is you should usurp this Ponzi scheme of scammers and just become the actual ringleader. <laughs> like you should no. just make your own pots. <laughs> Dude, so apparently this kid had a stack of Bitcoin, not just a couple, like a stack. And it was in dollar amounts over six figures worth that he had sent this scammer for some reason, thinking that it was me that was going to trade his Bitcoin on his behalf. I always question the amounts in this stuff. Like I'm, especially with this father son thing. I'm like, how do you, how do you make such poor decisions? Like, how did you come into this much money? If you're so fucking stupid, I don't I mean, understand. Like, dude, to, be, to be honest, a lot of it is just, it's gotta be an accidental people. hodl, like an accidental, it, it, like I forgot about it. found the Bitcoin 10 years later. It, <laughs> it, it is a hundred percent. It's, oh, I took a shot on it. Like I, I just. I bought a hundred dollars worth and it turned out that hundred dollars was at 10 cents and I lost the computer and now I found it or, or yeah. to your point, it's all, it's like these weird situations where if you had access to it in 2017, when it was at 20 K, or if you had access to it in 2021, when it was at 69 K, you would have sold. I don't know. I think we're an example of what not to do. You shouldn't. You shouldn't talk about your Bitcoin. It's not in your best interest. You shouldn't talk about your association yes. with it in general to just like random strangers points a target on your back wearing Bitcoin swag. Oh, dude, I do it all the time, but I no, at, dude, a, at some so point right. I think people are going they already target. I mean, there's been hundreds of instances of people getting uh my girlfriend will sometimes wear like the Bitcoin magazine t shirts that we still have that for some reason yeah. we didn't get rid of. And well, I mean you live in a where... city, so that's yeah, that's even scarier. Well, I made the comment where I was like, there's going to come a point where like, we can't wear this shit in public. No, no. Bitcoiners will be hunted in the future. Yeah. I believe that. I believe it. We have to, we really have to build our own communities. The, yeah, the upside is just so asymmetric and great and already has been like you already, you know, there's not many of these old heads left that are around publicly talking about things because it's just not the way to go why would you be famous when you could just be <laughs> wealthy and private and increase your security just by not you know leaking information about yourself everywhere you go 
I mean, it, it honestly just sounds like you and I need to probably rethink our lives if that's the direction we're going to go, man. I'm way ahead of you, man. It's going to take a few years, but yeah. I want to unplug. I want to unplug someday. All of a sudden, we're going to wake up and McShane is just not going to. Yeah, Q, Q will be making up for all the shows he missed solo for a year or two. I'm probably even with you now, two weeks. Yeah, we got to be, we're probably neck and neck here. Yeah, man, because I went live every day without you and Tino, just by myself. I made the thumbnails. I did it all solo. Hello. <laughs> I just yeah. conveniently didn't post it publicly, except for yeah. a couple of places that are hidden. I knew we could count on you to carry the show while we were gone. So I appreciate it. I, at one point, I like woke up and I was like, are they going to come back? <laughs> I thought about it. Tino knows. I was like on the fence. I was like, mm, should I extend this stay? Should I not? It's so fun here and cheap and nice. Um, so there was a window of time where like for one week straight, we didn't send a single message in the Telegram chat. And then I was like, Oh, they're definitely having a conversation about continuing with this show or not. <laughs> <laughs> like they're drunk on sake right now. Hey, not me, man. I smelled it. I smelled it. I smelled a lot of different sakes. You didn't want to take a break for one day? Nah. Dude, okay. life is so easy without alcohol. It's like a step function life improver. Because I just don't have to make, I'm always in control of the decisions I make and I don't have any regrets. So if I stay out till 4am and drink nothing with people who are drinking the whole night, like I'm up at eight the next day, I'm good. You know, I'm good to go. Are you I'm a little really? tired. Okay, so I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. Sure. But I can go about my day without consequence was they're fucked up till like midday. They're waking up drunk still. <laughs> like, I like, I agree with the sentiment that like, I because I, I also, I don't drink, but I, I will drink on very rare and special occasions. But like a couple of weeks ago, I had a buddy visiting from out of town and we all went out. We were up until 4 a.m. Him, my girlfriend, another friend from college who was in town, like all of us were, were out. I wasn't drinking, but we were up until four. Everyone else was. They were dead hungover. But I woke up and I was like, I got a fucking headache. I feel like shit. I don't want to move. I, if I don't get enough sleep, like I am useless and I hate that about myself. Maybe you have Lyme disease. I've had Lyme disease since I'm 14. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. Oh, on the hardware wallet note, I actually wanted to mention something too. Be careful in the app store, man. Like uh, Apple's approving all sorts oh. of bullshit wallets and fake apps. And with the straight knockoff branding of Electrum, like Money Manager or something, it'll be the Electrum logo. It looks legit. We don't collect any data on you. You download this app, you punch in a seed phrase or you send it some Bitcoin and it just says it never connects and you just got swindled out of your money so a lot of fake apps you got to be checking certificates and making sure you know dev fingerprints and just be careful what you put on your phone oh my god we have to assume these devices are compromised you have to laptop computer desktop phone just assume they're compromised don't put your bitcoin anywhere near them You're writing a very important email. Sorry, <laughs> I like realized it. And, ah, I'm not, not going to say this publicly while we're on camera, but I digress. Um, oh, What's going on with Swan, think, dude? Well, I'm, I'm Pleb, plebs are up in arms again, man. They're telling me not to use Swan. Plebs are just bored that the number still hasn't gone up high enough. Um, it's up pretty high, dude. I don't like it. I want it to go back down. It's like too I, high. Dude, I'm telling. I mean, ugh. so I I took my foot off the the gas and stopped stacking for a couple of days while while it was at like 35, and then I was thinking to myself, I was like, right, but when this is at 150, I'm gonna be really annoyed that I didn't stack more right now. Um, but yeah, but at that price point, it doesn't ultimately matter that much between 30 and 40. What you stacked at? Yeah. 
but also I don't know I I think there's a lot of are you a DCA guy have we talked about this yeah usually I I, I finally turned it off though that surprises me so I'll explain my strategy and it it's rooted in technicals and I think my strat my buy strategy is brilliant. It's rooted in technicals. I thought DCA was for you don't know what the fuck you're doing. So just right. so give us your fees regularly <laughs> while you figure it out. So the way I like to do it is it's a pick an arbitrary number. Depending on if I'm employed or not, the arbitrary number is five dollars or twenty-five dollars. But you start there. And then if the price goes up, it with whatever the window is. So usually I do every day or every couple of days. And if the price has gone up, it's again, just 25, $5, whatever that same amount is. But if the price has gone down from the last time I purchased, then I add. So I typically will make it like a $30 purchase. And then if I come back the next day and it's down again, $35 down again, 40. And you keep doing that until finally there's a day where it goes up. And then you completely reset. And then it goes back to the original amount that you started at, which is 25. And then if it goes down again, you continuously purchase larger quantities as it's falling and then reset at a set price as it goes up. And that's all right. How's that how's that working out for you? Any specific app that you you like to DCA with? You don't have to share. I'm just curious. KYC apps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's there are there any good non-kyc dca options it's all kind no. of a manual process yeah you get dca non-kyc unless not as easily not unless you're willing to sit down and crank it out every day you know or but, like you you just know someone you know what i mean like if you know yeah if we had a really good trust relationship and you could just auto send me bitcoin and i would just auto send you dollars but the thing is even in that system you venmoed me the dollars you okay. also like <laughs> kind of defeat then, the purpose of uh no kyc by making these recurring transactions transfer. at the same time that but then also you can't transfer whether it's dollars whether it's a different currency whether it's something else you whatever you transfer for the bitcoin can't be digital you cannot send that electronically. Right. Yeah. Cash only. Oh. Yeah, we gotta up the no KYC game on here, man. People are people are acting shocked when regulated, you know, centralized entities behave like regulated centralized entities like Swan. I mean, I gotta give it to them. They do a great job of education. They've had a rough year of like weird. PR stuff that a lot of it, some of it's kind of outside their control. You know what I mean? I mean oh, it, it's a lot of bear market publicity. That's the, I think, simplest way to explain what we've seen go on. Right. I mean, there's a fine line. There's a fine line between trying to keep the industry players in check and keep them honest. And I think sometimes they weren't as forthright as they could have been or clear in their language. There's a fine line between that and then just dunking on what are inarguably some of the most successful companies in the space that by and large, I would say are a net good for Bitcoin. Like how many people has Swan onboard? How many people has Swan educated? How many people bought their first Bitcoin through Swan? These are, let me put this in an easier way for the plebs who are pissed. That's how you get rich. You get rich, not because. Someone talked about the ETF. You get rich because Corey goes around pounding the drum about Bitcoin and getting more people to adopt Bitcoin and purchase it on Swan. That's how you get rich. Not by circle jerking the latest person that Fox Business brings on that said Bitcoin will hit 150K if the ETF goes off. That's just where we're at. That's where we're at. It's, oh, you weren't, you know, the whole CK, oh, you're not being bullish enough. Like yeah, the, the the one tweet that he does, yeah, yeah. But it's <laughs> it's it, I love CK, but like the plebs have like really harnessed that, and it's a, it, that's what a lot of this is. The plebs think, oh, you're not bullish enough. This isn't bullish. 
So I'm angry because it's not bullish enough. Like, shut the fuck up and go do something. I'm going to go do something right now. It's just, there's just so many places in the culture where it's like a blatant, almost like hypocrisy. The, oh, bullishness is a super, so stupid, but let's only. No, that's just really yet behaviors to just only concern yourself with the Bitcoin price. And then you end up with these people with a million dollars worth of Bitcoin who have no security whatsoever <laughs> on their stack. That's the kind of, I don't know, man. Yeah. Just be your own person, you know, don't fall into dogma. Um, I think like your, your own curiosities as a Bitcoiner will carry you further than an army of like angry basement dwellers. Um, although I do love the clubs and identify them with them in some ways, I think overall, like this is why democracy doesn't work. It's, you know, you've got this mob mentality ends up taking over even the smartest groups of people. No, there's just, there are no smartest groups of people. Like the vast majority of these people are below average intelligence like what i don't want them making decisions for me or telling me how to behave you know what i mean you have to curate curate your circle and you know where you get information from i guess so uh, on that note after mcchain called all of you listening not less than intelligent well they, they wear it in their profile below 80 iq bitcoin i know it's, it's, like a thing, it's, bro. it's dumb it, it is not as good a look as you think. i'm not saying i'm better i'm dumb i'm like super you know average no, 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 no. Too, hang so. on hang on hang on i'm not dumb all right i'm i'm fairly smart but i'm retarded like i am a fully fledged retard oh man going hard r on a monday morning what's right, uh, we're supposed to say what's regarded the distinction there yeah you could say regarded i'm highly regarded very regarded yeah i will agree with that <laughs> what other uh, all right we've got the swan thing no we're at the hour so i think we're I, that for news man the only other thing well i wanted to do a recap on spf but honestly fuck it let's just let's what's the recap it. yeah what happened with that guy he got charged 13 counts right or seven he got counts? charged and this isn't it really this was to me the most interesting thing was the fact that his maximum sentence is still less than bernie madoff's <clears throat> yeah but his what's his minimum sentence is there such a thing? I guess, when, when is his sentencing? He's not going to be sentenced until March, but he is, oh, He the most he can be sentenced is 115 years in jail. Bernie Madoff got 150. SPF, by, by net value, like who swindled more? SBF. By like how many billion? Wasn't Bernie Madoff only like 900? Was it even over a, a billion? SPF was like four. Oh, right? interesting. Wait. Was as I thought FTX was more than 10? I don't know. I right, think well, it depends what numbers exactly you're talking about. All right. So. According to quick Google searches, Madoff actually did swindle more 20 billion to 10 billion oh shit yeah i didn't know that i didn't know yeah. madoff wow i don't know why i thought madoff took more all right then it's justified either way your spf what are you doing how are you spending your next seven eight months of prison i'm not going to prison yet i'm posting bail i'm probably gonna Jenny? go i thought he got his bail revoked and had to be in jail for uh, he was releasing evidence, he has, releasing some he was contacting reporters basically and they're like no yeah but i think that show. because the trial's over he now or I, I honestly i don't know the details it would be nuts if this man is like out on the streets before he's about to spend the next hundred years in jail i hope we keep him alive just to keep him in jail yeah no he's oh no that's old news I guess I just assumed he was in jail. I think he has been, but I also assumed that was contingent on a verdict being reached. And uh, I mean, he is found guilty. Yeah, I mean, he was already he was in jail for the witness tampering. I don't know. I'm going to assume he's in custody or house arrest. Those are really the only two options, but. <clears throat> 
don't know, man. It's weird. It's by the time the price really starts to crank back up and we get around to the halving, people are going to have moved on from this and forgotten and already be making similar mistakes. I wish I had more optimistic outlook, but you mean FTX, like people will have forgotten FTX. Yeah. Not forgotten, uh, but they'll go, they'll carry right onto the next thing and deposit their value. So somewhere else. This is There's where, just always going to be a percentage of the population that does that. It's the path of least resistance, you know? I agree and disagree. I agree that we will see shades of this. Some Something else is going to happen. People are going to get rug pulled. No doubt in my mind. The f idea of people forgetting, I think I, you know, I don't even think I firmly disagree with under the guise of anyone who was around Bitcoin during Mt. Gox remembers Mt. Gox. Now, there are since a hell of a lot more people that have since entered Bitcoin in the broader crypto space. And many of those people were unaware of Mt. Gox. And so they kind of just willingly walked in like sheep to slaughter. And I think when we see a new class come in, that's when it will happen. I don't think people who are around this space right now will be the ones who get duped. That said, I, I think I might have a little bit more faith in you bozos than you, sell, you yourselves do. Alex has a shit eating grin on his face right now. Yeah, dude, I'm cracking up at the chat on zap.stream. Uh, yeah, Cypherpunk's cracking me up. Yeah, man, it's been a good rip. It's great to be back. I'm excited to hit this again tomorrow. There's no news, so as usual, we'll probably just be talking, given our unsolicited. Uh... <laughs> Sorry for fuck, you're the man. I hope I get to meet you soon. That's, well, yeah. I remember. <laughs> Everyone needs All to right. go and watch the new episode of South Park. Is this the one I've been hearing about where they're just like, make yes. it trans, make it, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah. I'll have to, where do you even find South Park now? Is Comedy Central that, still a thing? No, so that, this new That one fell off like, hard, huh? What? Comedy Central. Do you remember? That used to be it, man. Dude, that, that was, was like, like the only channel I watched when I was a kid. Yeah. Now what all it shows is South Park. That's its oh, okay, show okay. now. They, South South Park. Park. That's good. That's good. But then it, they like show reruns of The Office and other things. Um, no, but the comedy's gone. They don't do stand up on. That's not the place to be if you're a stand up comedian. No, but Comedy Central still hosts. Like the do they do roast still? I think they still. So Comedy Central is owned by Viacom. So they've been selling off a lot of these pieces to be new types of shows. RIP Fiat business. I think they do it all online now. I want to say they still do 15 minute, 30 minute stand up specials, but then they break it up and put it online. And they have a comedy festival that they still host and put on. Interesting. All of our sad legacy, them and Vice, and slowly they're all going to go, man. We, we are the media now. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. What are you making skeptical eyes about? What's that about? You sound like a very fiat cuck just now. What? What do you mean? How? Oh, I'm so sad all the legacy media is dying. Burn it all to the ground. There's good vice stuff, man. <laughs> there was like a pinnacle of American, you know, television, like online show. Yeah, we were there crushing, and but you, now it's all these independent. Now it's like it, I gotta watch Tucker Carlson do zins with a you know, oh, do you that was the soup. Did you see his bit though? When what's the comedian that you really like? Him and Tucker went on a rant about zins, Theo, yeah, Theo Vaughn. <laughs> Did they they really went on a rant about zins, and I watched, it. I was like, this is weird. Is this what is this really where we got into? And you want to know the truth. I yeah, I thought it was a... fake for a little bit. It was just too funny. No, it's real. Like, he's, that's just, he's such a real-ass guy, dude. <laughs> but me, I think this is a great way to send you off to your work day, my friend. Um, you should go thank the man who produced 90% of the Vice content that you actually enjoy. Oh, my boss? 
your boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all yeah. the content that you missed, that man produced. True, man. Hey, what a shame about our show. Pilot, gone but not forgotten. Coldest show. Did they, crypto, did they recast you? I didn't get rec- No, I stepped down from my role. Interviewer. Yeah. Keeper right. of the mushrooms. Yeah. No. We should release that. We should find we dig up that pilot and really it's so bad. <laughs> and release it someday. No, you I thought you saw the I thought Mills and the like production team cut it and edited it to a like very good tight five minutes. They like, no, remember- they did the best they can do. The problem is when you cast someone like me, <laughs> you fucked the whole project from the beginning. <laughs> I have no on screen talent. So, hey, at least you, you know and that. Dylan killed it, though. You and Dylan killed it. I wasn't yeah. on camera. Oh, I was well, writing. Yeah, your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I killed it. <laughs> I remember being on that trip though, being like, "Why? What do I do here anymore?" Like, what that's when I knew this? we were at the top. I knew it was the top of the bull market. We we're in the woods in a cabin <laughs> in remote Vermont. I just remember being so mad at Tyler because he was like, "There's no hill. Don't bring your snowboard." And the whole time we're just driving and walking up hills, and I'm like, "This could have been solved with my snowboard right now, Tyler." Oh, yeah, yeah. Did I we tell got- you, I got a parking ticket. I know. Why? <laughs> Did I tell you I drive an unregistered vehicle? <laughs> I was like, I'm just never going to come back to the state of Vermont. Dude, that's how it's looking with Connecticut, man. They put out like this. I don't know. They keep sending me letters, fines and stuff for vehicle registration problems. I'm like, I don't live there. I don't, I'm not paying these. Fiat, shitcoin scam, man. All right, we're two in the weeds. Goodbye, man. Digressing. Yep. Goodbye. Yep.